Bonjour Pengis and welcome to Pat Peng's Cast, the show that dives you into the world as I see it. The show that I started two weeks ago already on January 11. I'm Patrick, your host, and today we're talking department stores in Paris because we are on sale. Well, the stores are, the winter sales. And we have a guest today, he's brilliant on the topic, so you'll know all about what he has to say and I have to say in just a second. Stay tuned. First of all, before we start talking department stores, which is our topic of today, I wanted to thank you all guys for supporting the launch of my podcast two weeks ago on January 11. A lot of you came to me with what they thought, with their feedbacks, and I love that. 20 minutes to discuss districts in Paris is such a short time. So I picked what I thought was the most relevant in my eyes, and Louis did the same. He also picked what he thought the most relevant in his eyes, and where we personally go, and what we do on an everyday basis within the city of Paris. Because we know that, you know, districts is a very general topic, and the episode, episode one, was meant to be an overview. But of course... Some of you, two actually, two of you, Jonas and Mehdi, <laughs> a big shout out to them, they wanted to add the following. And I thought, yeah, okay, it's worth mentioning indeed. So I'm going to go ahead and mention them. So on the sixth district, there are two neighborhoods called Saint-Germain-des-Prés and Odeon. They are very trendy for going out, a lot of luxurious shops. So yeah, they are worth mentioning. And a lot of universities over there as well. So... So it's dynamic, you know, it's a dynamic neighborhood. The seventh district is home to Le Bon Marché, which is a department store. We are going to talk about it today in episode two. And there's also something called Les Invalides, which is a monument. And we have a special episode for monuments where we're going to discuss Les Invalides. So stay tuned on that episode. In the 13th district, we have to mention that it's home to the Chinese neighborhood. And I don't really... I don't want to really call it Chinatown because it's not really similar to what you can find in English-speaking countries and their Chinatowns. But yeah, it is a Chinese neighborhood. Now, <laughs> if I move to the 16th district where Mehdi actually lives, he kind of yelled at me because I didn't really talk much about his district. He was disappointed. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, not sorry because... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sorry. But he told me that it's the only district, this is a very fun fact, to have two postal codes. I mean what and why so it's actually in order to separate the rich people from the extremely rich people <laughs> yeah this is very specific to the 16th i also have to mention that there's something called le trocadero in the 16th that offers an amazing view on the eiffel tower i really recommend that place it's very touristic obviously but It's the only place pretty much in Paris where you can have this view on the Eiffel Tower. And from the Trocadero, you can continue by walking down the stairs and go uh, towards the Eiffel Tower and visit it. The Pont de l'Alma is also something to mention on the 16th, and it's a bridge that became internationally known as the location where Lady Diana had her car accident. So it's there. Last but not least, in the 16th, we also have to mention l'Avenue Montaigne, which is home to the most luxurious shops. But there's the difference between, for example, l'Avenue Montaigne and the Champs-Élysées, which is that the Avenue Montaigne is, is home to local creators, local uh, luxurious shops from local creators. This is what makes it special. This is everything about the 16th, uh, Mehdi. <laughs> 
I think we covered it. Now, uh, concerning the 19th, there is something called the Bassin de la Villette, which is the largest artificial lake in Paris. And there are a lot of activities happening around the docks, from cultural to sports to nightlife to pretty much everything. So I really recommend that. Anyway, please stop me because we cannot go on and on about districts. It's going to be endless. So let's focus now on episode two, which is about department stores. And I would like to welcome, without further ado, the one and only Florian as a guest. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. How are you today? Hey, Patrick. I'm doing well. <laughs> Thanks. And you? I'm doing very well. This is episode two from, uh, from the season. Episode two is called Paris Luxueuse or Luxurious Paris for the English speakers, even though I think that our English speakers will end up speaking French by the end of this podcast, most probably. <laughs> this episode is mainly going to discuss department stores. As you guys all know, Paris is uh, known for various stuff, from which the department stores are also a big part of it. And uh, when we say department stores in English, in French, there is another wording that we use, Florian. Do you know this wording, obviously? Yes, <laughs> Grand Magasin. Les Grands Magasins. That translates literally to the big stores. I don't know why they, they just said Grand Magasin. What does it mean? It Was it related to the size? Yes, oh. I think because at the beginning there were small shops and mm. now there are big departments as we have as, as of today. So it's literally translates to the big stores. So why are we doing this episode now, which is in January 25th? It's because in France, we are really, the, the stores are on sale. It's like the winter sales. They last around a month. Yeah. So uh, we thought that it could be useful for you guys to, <laughs> to, to, to get some information on the department stores. So my first question would be, when did the department stores vibe in Paris really starts. They started in the middle of the 19th century mm -hmm. with uh, the Bon Marché. This was the first uh, big uh, department stores of Paris created by uh, Aristide Bourricot and his uh, woman. And uh, yes, he created, um, I think, the consumer society as we know as of today, because he introduced uh, some uh, new uh, elements like uh, the free entrance, the fixed price. So it was uh, really new at Paris uh, at this time. Okay. Oh, the concept wasn't existing before. Yes. That, right? Yeah. Okay. So from my understanding, the Bon Marché started a concept that wasn't existing before. This concept was uh, centered around uh, what exactly? What made it special? Uh, I think first we can say it's woman-centric. Mm -hmm. It's all around the woman. It uh, transforms the woman. Uh, she can uh, come to uh, she can come to the to the department store. She can do shopping. She can have time outside her, her house. So it was uh, really new at uh, at this time. But it's still true as of uh, today to have a great time outside uh, the house. Okay, so before that they were just staying at home and doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, or they can go outside, but yeah. with a chaperon. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So yeah, we have to keep in mind that it was in the 18th century, right? Yeah. So it's the mentality back then was not really what we have today. So, okay. So if I understand well, the the department stores had a role in society, 
in one progressing in society, uh, changing the mindsets of uh, equality between uh, men and women, or at least giving the women things or opportunities that they didn't have mm -hmm. in, before. So, okay, they played a role in the social life of the, of, of the Paris scene. Not only social, but also when it comes to the law. I think at that time, the law was done in a way that the stores couldn't really diversify what they were really allowed to sell. But with the department stores, things have changed, right? Yes, uh, as a law change, some, uh, some guys, yes, decided to, yes, to create a new place where you can find everything for the woman. So it was uh, also really new uh, at this time to have this kind, uh, mm -hmm. this kind of place. Okay, so one place where you can buy various items that are not from the same family of products let's say yeah. knowing that before that it was really like you go to a hat store and you buy hats you go to mm. the i don't know wallet store and you buy wallets so it was a way to diversify to to offer to the clients and i, I think especially women from my, what i understand a place where they can really shop various products at the same time it's kind of a revolution then it's uh it was associated with the industry revolution uh, back yes. then right and uh, as as we were discussing before this episode you were saying that some people associate this industry revolution with the commerce revolution who did that who did say that uh, yes i heard it in uh, the podcast of uh, frank ferrand it is true that with industrial revolution mm -hmm. came finally the consumer societies mm -hmm. as we know as of today so all the, the elements of this uh, consumer society were created at this time. So mm -hmm. everything that we know as of today is not new. It came from the middle of the 19th century. Okay. This was a bit of history because we. Mm -hmm. I think that you're a very... Uh, by the way, Florian is an expert in history. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this is what you do, right? You're, you're following yeah, some studies of, right now. Yeah. yeah. So now that we've talked about history, uh, let's talk about the present. Yes. Um, I think that the image similarities between the Parisian department stores and the Parisian women are very, as we mentioned, today are still very existent. So we explained why from history, but now we can still see that today. When you go to inside a department store, the first thing that you see a huge number of stores that are really targeting women, the Parisian women, but not only the Parisian women, because we will talk about who visit the stores in the, the episode. But yes, it is very women-centric as still as of today. This is what we notice. It's really, mm. It really helps the women uh, embrace the Parisian vibe. And uh, it's the origin of the myth of the Parisian woman, right? Yes, we can say the dress, the Parisian woman. And uh, it, when we think the Parisian woman, mm -hmm. We think department stores yep. in France. Yep. And yeah, that's true. Okay. Also, internationally, worldwide, when we when we look at how Paris and France is marketed for tourism, I feel like it's very feminine. Everything that they use to market the city and to market the country, they use it in a feminine way. Like they market fashion, they market uh, luxury brands. Um, The luxury brands, the French brands that are known anyway internationally are mainly brands coming from either luxury or, or fashion. And it's very feminine oriented. And these department stores really serve this image. So when the tourists come to the department stores and come to Paris, they go to the department stores and they really find what, they, what they've seen in TV uh, spots or TV commercials promoting Paris. So uh, yeah, the department stores are a very solid part of the Parisian scene. 
it's very interesting also to understand where these uh, department mm-hmm. stores are located in Paris because it kind of reflects also who goes there. So first of all, let us, because we haven't done it yet in the episode, and I think it's very important to tell you to list the different department stores that exist in Paris. So the department stores that are known in Paris are Bon Marché, Printemps, yes. Les Galeries Lafayette, Samaritaine, and BHV, that stands for Bazar de l'Hôtel de Ville. To go quicker, we just say BHV. <laughs> so the Bon Marché, it's uh, on the southern uh, bank of the Seine River. When mm-hmm. we say again southern bank, it's on the left side from where the water flows. The Printemps and the Galerie Lafayette are uh, located approximately around the same area, which is around the Opera House, right? In yes. which district? It's the ninth. Yes. Right, if I'm not mistaken. So around the Opera House. Samaritan, it's located in the Rivoli Street. Yes. Rivoli Street. It's close, close to the Seine side. This is where you like to, to go yes. most, right? <laughs> and my mother was uh, walking there. Oh, so really? A so. long time ago, yes. Okay. So, so <laughs> you, you know the place very well. Um, the BHV is also on the Rivoli uh, Avenue, but it's really close to the City Hall. It's uh, in the 4th District, the BHV, Bazar mm-hmm. de l'Hôtel de Ville. And it's my preferred location. <laughs> If we see where are they are located, left bank, which is a bit upscale, the Opera House, where a lot of tourists go, mm-hmm. next to the Opera House, on the Rivoli Avenue, whether it's close to the Seine River, uh, close to Châtelet, or whether it's close to the City Hall with the BHV or the Samaritan, they are not too far from each other. The locations are really either very touristic or mm. they are where Parisians who are a bit more, uh, let's say, uh, rich. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> live. So, does it make sense for you? So, how do you feel like they are? They were distributed. Was it the real purpose of their distribution in terms of localization? I think they were close to. They are close to their main customers. Mm-hmm. Um, at uh, when they they were founded. So. Mm. Uh, I think it makes sense. Yeah, so their distribution didn't really depend on transportation at first. It really depended on uh, the the location where their clientele exists. And this is why they are located where they are located. So Mm. now that we've discussed the places, let's talk about, okay, we've entered. Now that, okay, they are nice from the outside. They are located here and there. Okay, let's go inside. So we went inside these department stores and... I don't think that you can get the same vibe uh, from each and every one of them. So it's very interesting to under to understand that there are department stores. They are all located in Paris, but each and every one of them offers a different vibe. So the Bon Marché, for example, what do you think about it? I think it's more uh, old bourgeoisie, uh, more discreet, maybe more uh, close what we call as of today a quiet luxury. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, a quiet luxury. luxury yeah. That's what you. What do you mean by quiet luxury? Because it's more it's more discreet. It's not. Uh, like yes Galerie Lafayette uh, en printemps it's true that it's one of the department stores that we hear about the less right Mm. okay Les Galeries Lafayette yes what can we say they are popular extremely popular touristic mythic Mm -hmm. Uh, also when you go inside uh, you have the fabulous uh, dome of uh, Galerie Lafayette so it's very it's an experience to uh, to go inside yeah it's very beautiful like, uh, by the way um, so yeah it's really um, extravagant you know mm-hmm. it's uh, you, w- when you come to Paris you will definitely hear someone telling you about oh look what the Lafayette have done here and there on different events so it's really 
it's not discreet at all <laughs> in comparison with the bon marché but it's it's really uh, enjoyable yeah um, but, uh, maybe that also was uh, the idea to give uh, experience to the customer at the beginning of um, when uh, they created uh, the department stores when you arrived you have to to have uh, your eyes full of how to say stars yes <laughs> your it. eyes full of stars yeah so it's made on purpose so it's part of their marketing uh, strategy let's say okay so what about the printemps um, regarding the printemps I think yes it's a bit more uh, luxurious but maybe less charming than uh, Galerie Lafayette, um, maybe due to the change of uh, owners. Yeah, they changed owners some uh, years ago. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's like it's like probably like seven or eight years ago from uh, what I remember. And uh, yes, I agree with you. I feel like since then, it's uh, even if it's mid more luxurious, but it's not the luxurious Paris kind mm -hmm. of luxurious. It's um, not overwhelming when it comes to culture or architecture or the Parisian vibe. It's just luxurious, like mm -hmm. a plain luxurious department store. Mainly, probably, we can compare it to luxurious department stores in the Gulf countries, uh, where it's really very luxurious, but you don't feel like there is this European historical uh, vibe in it. Yes. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Then we have the Samaritaine. Yes, oh, I like it uh, very much because uh, well, he recently reopened. Yes, right. After several uh, years of uh, works, and uh, I think it's now it's very luxurious. Mm -hmm. And same times, uh, as you know, that uh, we lo we love the, our history, our monuments in mm -hmm. France. So they modernize the building, mm -hmm. uh, the front of the building, but in same times they keep uh, the historical elements. So I think they found. Um, a good balance between uh, modernity and uh, history. Cool. Uh, I, I love it also personally very much. I feel like it's the closest to the vibe of the city of the Parisian luxury. Uh, luxury. It's, as you said, it's a really very beautiful balance between history and modernity. Let's see how it will get old because since mm -hmm. it started, it reopened recently, I'm curious to see how it's going to, you know, live and uh, get old. Last but not least... Le Bazar de l'Hôtel de Ville or BHV. So what do you think about it when it comes to the vibe? When I'm in the BHV, I ask myself it's really belonging to the great department stores of Yeah, Paris. there was a question mark. When we yeah. prepared this episode, we were like, do we put the BHV in it or not? Because it was a question whether it belongs or not. What made us put it again in the, in the, in the programming? Um, definitively, uh, when we, we are inside, we can see uh, the decoration. It's definitively part of the, the department store of Paris. Yes, yeah, sure. You get inside and you feel like you are in a department store. Obviously, you're not just in any regular store. So definitely they do have their place in this mm. list, even if I feel like they are still down to earth in comparison with the rest. But yeah, they are still very you know, luxurious. I feel like they also sell a lot of different stuff that other department stores do not sell for everyday life. They have like a, a place where you can buy stuff for handiwork. Yes, indeed. When you arrive with the metro to the BHV, it's the first thing that you, you can see in the department store. So you can see, you can ask yourself, is it a, a grand magasin yeah. as uh, the others? Or not, yeah. It's, I, I, feel, I agree with you. It could have been kind of shocking or surprising, let's say, to see that kind of uh, product being sold. But... 
this what makes it down to earth and i kind of like it because it you know rich people also are allowed to buy stuff for the do-it-yourself kind of uh, uh, they don't always have to hire external people to do some reparations in their apartments so i feel like it's nice i like it i like the bhv bhv okay so one very important question is what makes the charm of these department stores today in comparison with the modern mall I think it's for the global experience you can have in this place mm-hmm. because you will find different kind of uh, luxury brands. Uh, you will find ideas of gift and uh, of course you visit the landmark. Mm-hmm. It combines all three of them. You, you don't just go there in order to buy something. You can go there to buy something, obviously, but a lot of people actually go there to just walk around, enjoy the, the store, enjoy the beautiness of the store, the decoration, especially during Christmas. It's, yeah, it's, it became a landmark, so some people just go there to visit. And obviously, some other people go there to find ideas, and obviously, it targets the luxury brands. So, if we want to summarize, these stores cannot be detached from the Parisian scene at all while visiting. I mean, when you visit Paris, it's an essential stop. Tourists from all over the world, especially from Asia, let's <laughs> say it, <laughs> they love to go there. And I understand, I can understand why. The thing is that even Parisians like to go there, whether to buy stuff or not, they also enjoy going there to spend some time to visit the inside and the outside. And obviously the tourists as well, because it's like probably for the tourists, it's the way to live uh, the Paris fantasy uh, to the fullest. Okay, okay, so this marks the end of episode two. Paris Luxurious, thank you very much, Florian, for being with us today. Thank you, Patrick. Will you come back? Yes, yes. of course, with pleasure. I hope so. You are programmed already in some of the episodes, so <laughs> you'll be coming back. Okay, so that was the end of episode two, Paris Luxurious, or Paris Luxueuse. But this is the beginning of your mission to subscribe to the podcast <laughs> and like the episodes on the platform you're listening from, whether it's Anrami, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, and YouTube. And yes, you are right. Deezer and YouTube are new comparing to two weeks ago because they have been added into the list later on. And you can also log into my website, patricksayag.com slash So yeah, the link has changed as well. So this is the one that you have to use starting from now. And you'll have all the information over there that you need. Also, please send me some feedback, whether you agreed or not on what we said. And some feedback on the podcast itself. It will be a pleasure to read your comments. See you in two weeks, Pengies.